0: shock the system welcome to dank discussions with me Calacan CEO Maynard Breslow in each episode you'll learn from the trailblazers leaders entrepreneurs and influencers in the ever moving ever growing cannabis industry hey there everybody welcome to dank discussions today we're joined by Moritz Fent Moritz is the co-founder of NXT Pharma and Hemp booster Did I say that one right?
1: Uh, that sounds pretty good. Oh, thanks cool. for inviting thanks. me over, Maynard. Um, thanks for having me with the dank discussions. Um, I hope we'll have some dank discussions.
0: Definitely, I can't wait, man. It's good, you know. As long as I can get past your cool name, um, which I'm gonna ask you about the name, you know. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm American, so you know, but, uh, but, uh, but cool, you know. Obviously, unique. I love talking to people around the world, and I love hearing from people um you know where uh what's going on in their region and everything and today we're going to talk about really cool things we're going to talk about influencer marketing we're going to talk about regulations around the world in certain areas um but yeah let's start off easy uh, let, let, let's just know where you're based of today
1: sounds good perfect i'm also really happy to um to talk about nxt pharma the medical cannabis market and Hanfgeflüster, our brand for cbd products in the um Dach region, so Germany, Austria, Switzerland, those are our markets. Very cool, very cool. And you're you're in Germany today? Yeah, I'm in Germany. Um, we have our office in Berlin. Um, so I'm currently sitting in Berlin Kreuzberg, uh, right next to a basically pretty much renowned park here in, in Berlin. It's um, renowned as a as a bad park because it's one of those parks where they openly sell drugs. Um, So, yeah, it's basically a fun thing that we found our office here right next to the park. Yeah, right. We try to put that market uh, into a legal market. Exactly.
0: So, I mean, tell me about it. I mean, you know, obviously it's so hard already in America, right? With different regions, different states, right? Sometimes different counties, um, you know, how they're going to regulate cannabis. And even when it comes down to hemp, CBD, um, you know, everything has, uh, every region has their own way and not just their way of regulating, but also, their feelings towards the plant, the, the stigmas for it, against it, all that fun stuff. So um, for me, it's completely unique to, you know, uh, to learn about this and know a little bit about more in uh, other places in Europe and Canada, of course, and Latin America, but I haven't talked to somebody from Germany, so really happy to have you. Talk to me about what do people think about cannabis? What's going on there with cannabis in Germany, um, in European Union in general, in Germany in particular?
1: Well, um, that's a difficult topic, I guess. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So the older people are still rather rather conservative. So they're not really, um, they don't really know what it is. They just think that it's bad because it's a drug and because it's forbidden, so it's bad, yeah. Um, So oftentimes in Germany, we have a high consumption of beer, for instance. Um, For me, for my part, I would rather see someone high than someone who's really drunk. Um, nothing is going to happen with those guys. Yeah. Um, the younger people, especially in the in the areas that are more like in cities, in Berlin, in Munich, in Cologne, and Hamburg, um, those guys are oftentimes for pre for like a legalization or at least for um, so that there are not any punishments um, related to cannabis. Um, but yeah, from a legal perspective, it's, it's still difficult. It's an opioid, so you're not allowed to, um, to trade it. You're not allowed to buy it. You're not allowed to sell it. You're not allowed to own it. I think basically you are allowed to inhale it, for instance. So if you'd, you'd hand me a joint and if I'd uh, get a puff, then that's fine. Um, I'd I'd get in trouble because I'm holding it, but you wouldn't get in trouble because exactly. you're smoking it. I, I wouldn't. I would. Makes perfect sense,
0: you know. Of course, makes
1: perfect sense. <laughs> it's, it's a difficult topic. But wow. yeah, I think things are changing. Um, so we have elections I think, by the ne- by next year, and um, currently, the the Green Party in Germany and also the Liberal Party, um, they're they're having a lot of. Um, Votes, or they will have a lot of votes, and those parties are in favor of a legalization of cannabis. Amazing. So everything takes takes ages usually once um they, once uh, you try to. Pull, to get some new laws, mm-hmm. um, but I think also seeing the example of uh, Canada or of certain states in the United States, where we saw first um, a decriminalization. And then maybe a legalization for mm-hmm. medical purposes, um, and then afterwards uh, legalization for everyone. I think we're on the same track, which is just going to take some more years. No, definitely, and I, I mean that's kind of the whole thing, right? Is is kind
0: of that stigma, right? Like you're saying, Germany beer. Um, you know, you think about. Cannabis, you think about, uh, you know, the Dutch and, and, and other areas, obviously, and uh, now pretty soon Israel is going to be uh, legalized mm-hmm. right after a long battle. You know, I'm from LA, and even that was a long time. We had medical cannabis since '96. You know, so it took uh, almost, you know, 20 years to get it recreational. You know, in that sense, but it's always a process, especially when people, like you said, they have certain ideas uh, about it. Um, but, you know, you guys are already kind of navigating in there, right? I mean, um, uh, NXT Pharma is, is coming out later, but Humpkin Fusta um, has already been out since, what, 2019, since since late last year. So, I mean, how are you able to even navigate through there if there's not legalization? And talk to me about kind of the current state of it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh,
1: regulation. So, so yeah, you have to um, differentiate between THC-containing products and CBD-containing products, um, like everywhere, I guess. Um, also, CBD is not, throughout the European Union, CBD is not allowed as a dietary supplement, um, as it is not applicable through um, a novel food regulation, um, because I think CBD-containing products were not um, widely used before I think the year is 1996 as well. Um, so if things were not used before that time, it's very difficult to be licensed as a dietary supplement, which it would be. Um, as, a, as a pharmaceutical product, there's, there's, it's really hard to, to get a license to, to trade those as a dietary supplement. It's currently um, not really possible throughout the European Union. So what we see is currently uh, companies throughout the European Union sell um, cbd containing products as aromatherapy products uh, which makes it really difficult to sell them and uh, also to market them yeah because um you cannot properly describe the ingest the ingestion um, because you're not allowed to say yeah you drop if you have a cbd oil you're not allowed to say yeah drop it under your tongue let it sink for 20 seconds and then swallow it um rather you have to say. Basically nothing. You cannot say anything. So you can wow. just say five drops, but you cannot even say take five drops. Um, people need to, yeah, think about that to get to clear what they should basically do with that product. Wow. Um, and what we are currently doing is we're getting a license as a um, as a cosmetical product, mm. um, a cosmetical product um, that is good for your mouth <laughs> so basically we can say yeah put five drops into your mouth we're not allowed to say swallow it but we're at least allowed to say drop five drops into your mouth
0: wow i mean that all the workarounds i thought honestly that we had it like kind of convoluted and, and all over the place and you know you can hear and there and but i mean so so far what i've heard is that you can't own cannabis TV, you can't sell it you can't possess it any of that kind of stuff you can inhale it if someone's having it, right? So this is, mm-hmm. and you and right. you told me that CBD, right? I mean, the, it's legal in a certain sense, but it's all supposed to be aromatherapy, right? So it's supposed to be something that uh, you fill the room with, you know, like an essential oil, like any other essential oil, right? And this is mm-hmm. supposed to be the workaround, and so people, so the country's allowing people to produce this and to sell it with the knowledge, knowing that this isn't the the, the purpose, this isn't even the use. Right, but they're still allowing this kind of workaround. Um, obviously, you don't work for the government. What's what's kind of the viewpoint behind that? Is that still kind of like we're introducing it slowly, slowly, and allowing the stigma to kind of allow people to to get used to it and then opening up, or is that? I mean, I don't understand what would be the point of that, knowing exactly that people are taking it sublingually.
1: Um, yeah, and you just can't uh, you just can't say that. Honestly, I don't really know what's the point behind that. Um, so a lobby is starting to evolve a lobby um, from CBD producers and from CBD marketers um, but I think they're still too weak to basically change things also politicians aren't really happy to um, to try to legalize CBD products in a in a way that, that would make it easier to to take them because I guess especially those con- politicians from conservative parties they don't want to uh, start with the legalization of cannabis. I think they just want to not have that in the press at all mm. um, so that they don't have to deal with those um, with those tendencies that are in our society. Um, so I think that could be the reason. Also in Cologne, for instance, only the city of Cologne, um, they started to ban all CBD products. Um, so all those tiny, tiny shops had to close um, for us, it's not too much of a problem because hanfgeflüster is an e-commerce shop. Um, I mean, so it's rather difficult for the city of Cologne to shut us down if we're sitting in Berlin. Um, but yeah, it's, it's insane.
0: Wow. And is this, you know, obviously we're talking about once again, you know, there's so many differences in America. And that's just the best knowledge that I have, right? So between different states of how they're going to regulate cannabis, how they're going to regulate hemp. Um, you know, so is this something that is in Germany the way it is there or is this the entire European union?
1: I'm not too sure about other countries in the European union. I just hmm. know that throughout the European union, um, CBD is not allowed as a dietary supplement, which it, which it would be. Um, yeah. So that's the only I think it's difficult in all the other European countries as well um I just know that um Germany is really not a cool country for that
0: yeah wow i mean uh I don't know hopefully you know we're just, but you're saying that it's up it's up on the on the ballot there and and you're seeing changes right
1: yeah I, I hope so so we yeah. are one of those uh, we are one of the founding members of the um of the um, cannabis of the german cannabis association um which are trying to um so we are giving some kind of money to um to talk to politicians um to let them know what our view to all those topics is um to to change the laws basically but it's a very long way yeah no it's crazy and i mean obviously you know being
0: in the cannabis industry is, is hard anywhere, and it seems like you're yeah, having to deal with a lot of things, right? I mean, and you're having to deal with a lot of things going on that um, we, you know, obviously some of them that we still going on, and some of them that we have already addressed, uh, you know, decades ago, kind of thing. But, um, you know, obviously, being in the cannabis industry in general, to be able to fight this fight, right, like finding the good fight, now you have to really do mm. love the playing, you have to have a passion for the industry. Um, so talk to me about you, you know, as Germany aside and, and everything else talking about you and what's your relationship with cannabis? Um, and what, you know, why, why, why this, why cannabis, why CBD, um, why is this yeah. your passion and talk to me about kind of your background and what, what your
1: goal so, is. So, um, I started with NXT Pharma and Hanfbeflüster together with my co-founder Niklas uh-huh. and Niklas and I, we went to, uh, to business school together. Um, So we we had a really good time there. And um, Niklas, I think in 2017, he went to the US. He went to Michigan for his exchange semesters. One year? um, I think in 2016, 2017, 2017, I guess. Um, Yeah, and there he, um, I think he also smoked some weed, to be honest. Um, But he also took CBD-containing products. (laughs) He also took CBD products against his chronic migraine and um yeah those helped him really really well and when he came back to germany he didn't really see those products here so um he ordered cbd oils um from the united states they were shipped to germany so it took ages it was quite expensive um he also showed them to me uh, since then i'm also quite regularly using cbd oils um when i'm not really able to fall asleep and um, if, if like I, if i have a tough time um, so that's how we got to know cbd products then after business school um, i started working in uh, for morgan stanley the, the american investment bank in london um nicholas started working for roland berger which is a german consultancy company and at roland berger nicholas had one project where he was helping one um, Canadian cannabis company um, to enter the European market. And that's where we got suspicious, basically. Because uh, first of all, we, we knew the products. We knew that we liked weed and that we liked CBD as well. Um, and also we saw um, those gigantic um, growth figures, like uh, the kaga I think, of uh, about 70%. So 70% of annual growth of the um, both medical marijuana and uh, CBD industry in Germany until the year of 2028. Um, so there's just a lot of market potential and we didn't really see that there were any, any first of all, any cool CBD brands in the Dach region. And also um, there's only a very few companies focusing on importing um, medical cannabis and then distributing it. Um, to pharmacies and um, to hospitals. So that's, uh, that's why we chose to um, yeah, found NXT Pharma, where we basically have those two business units. So Niklas is responsible for NXT Pharma, where we are just about to get a license um, as a narcotics trader in Germany um, to be allowed to import medical cannabis, THC-containing cannabis, to then further distribute it to pharmacies and to hospitals. And on the other hand, um, we're building a leading German CBD brand, Hanfgeflüster, um, mainly through influencer marketing, uh, which we already grew to um, a six-digit monthly re- revenue business.
0: Oh uh, very good. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about the influencer marketing. Um, and yeah, happy. Um, I'm glad uh, he went out to Michigan and uh, you know had that revelation. You know, sometimes it's uh, you know serendipitous stuff. You know, and um, but. Um, um, but yeah, you know, you talk about importing products, right? And, and mm-hmm. in the industry, so many times we talk about quality of products. We talk about, you know, where they made, what's the third-party testing, how can we verify all these different other things. Um, is there a move? Is there, is there a goal to um, source it there? Or what, what's the goal? Is it always to be importing like that? Because as you yeah. said, it's, it's a timely, I mean, it's, it's a lengthy and a, and a costly process, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, so um, is there any way to source it closer to where you're at um, in the Dach region um, or or anything like that or is it uh, kind of you're stuck stuck in this way for now until
1: things change? Um, For the THC-containing products, we're kind of stuck. Um, We have to rely on imports but I think honestly that's also the way to go because um, I mean Germany is not really renowned for the good weather. And um, also, it's kind of expensive <laughs> to grow cannabis over here. <laughs> um, what, where do you get your cannabis over there?
0: Is it, uh, is, where, I mean, uh, what is it? Where do you get your cannabis over there? Is it pretty easy
1: containing The THC-containing products, um, we'll get it from, um, from Portugal. Uh-huh. Um, we also tried to get it from Israel, but I think Israel is currently missing this license to export cannabis. So the, at least that's my status. Do you know anything
0: about that? We're about to open it up. It's one of the big things, you know, because, um, you know, uh, finally it's becoming, uh, it's on the floor now to, to be legalized uh, in Israel. You know, as everybody knows, I like, split time between yeah. LA and Israel. And um, so Israel is finally opening up. And yeah, one of the big things is is uh, Israel is a big uh, exporter already, as it is. I'm definitely looking to open it up more. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the whole thing, right? I mean, we were connected through through our buddy anton um mutual friend um and uh i met him here in tel aviv and yeah. uh, you know we got great stuff over here you know what i mean over here we got great but so uh, you know that's that was my question you know is is the quality up to par you know kind of thing and uh and
1: how that goes yeah, the, the, the cannabis for the medical um, cannabis I mean that's so heavily, so heavily um, checked by all kind of regulations. So that's mm. really good stuff, I guess as well. Uh-huh. Um, the hemp we're using for our CBD products is coming mainly from Poland and Lithuania, um, and we're also already extracting the the CBD in Berlin. Um, so we're already doing that here, um, but I think for the medical cannabis, yeah, it's a way to go. It's more like an importing thing where we try to import the cannabis and then basically only be like a distributor
0: yeah no, definitely and i guess you know i mentioned the thc side what about the hemp side i mean you mentioned the the weather is not so good it's not a great great place <laughs> to grow but um you know just in terms of where does the hemp come from is it something that you could uh you know could also source closer to home kind of thing um and you know um you know i know that there's a lot of big players coming in now with hemp for sure um yeah in the european union
1: so you can grow hemp here um, it's also again a bit more difficult because you, you can only have um, certain seeds that you can plant into plant into the ground and some guys from uh, some kind of regulatory guys have to be on the field once you um, yeah, start planting the seeds and also they have to be on the field once you're um, getting your crops um, because they want to be sure um, that there's no thc containing plants Damn. in the middle of the field for instance wow. um, that's that's how you can do it um, also for the hemp products um yeah and then then you can also i mean hemp is quite an, is a plant that is easily grown but um, a country like germany with high labor cost is not the best country to um there to to plant it and to get the crops from if, if you have um countries around you, which, which are less labor costly, you know? So I think Germany is not going to be a country where you grow your cannabis or your wheat yeah. or your hemp. Wow.
0: Well, you know, maybe you can't grow the, uh, the hemp, but it seems like, you know, as you're mentioning that you can definitely grow the brand, right? You're talking yeah. about that. Uh, able to hit six figures, monthly revenue, uh, in just a few months. And you mentioned influencer marketing, you know I mean? We love influencer marketing, you know, we, uh, and obviously, I've gone on record talking about that I hate ads. You know, I hope we never have uh, Facebook ads and Instagram ads and that kind of stuff um, in the cannabis market for a number of reasons. Um, yeah. But right now, you know, influencer marketing is a big thing. You know, we do influencer marketing uh, here at Calican for our clients, all that stuff. Um, but it's always, people are always interested in it. Some people understand Some People don't. Some people have good experiences with it. Some people don't have good experiences with it. You know, talk to me about your experience. It sounds like it was a pretty good experience. Talking about how you're able to grow. Um, you know, your company right there, Hanf Geblüster, <laughs> Hanf Hanf Ge- boom. That's pretty good. <laughs> Are you able to grow that uh, with influencer marketing? Talking about that.
1: Yeah. Um, so as you said, I'm also not a friend of, of ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, um, that's, that were our first steps when we tried to grow at the beginning, like in November and October, uh, yeah, November and December of 2019, we tried to start through Google ads, Facebook ads. Um, I guess most people know like in the cannabis industry, it's rather difficult to um, to get Facebook and Google ads out. Um yeah. so with Google ads, we managed to do that quite well. We had like different landing pages, but basically, yeah. Uh, this is not good for your conversion rate. And it's also quite expensive. Um, so we started with Google ads, but it never really worked out that well. Um, and then we, I think we never even managed to run a single Facebook ads campaign. Um, yeah, But I think maybe probably that was a good thing because then we started focusing on influencers. Um, so first we went to like very small niches mm-hmm. um, to influencers with maybe 2,000 followers, uh-huh. 5,000 followers. Uh-huh. In niches like migraine and, and niches like um, endometriosis um, and um, multiple sclerosis. Um, and there we found we found small influencers, which were like really nice and which uh, were open to yeah post an Instagram story basically for for the product or maybe for like 10% of the revenues. Um so we started there. and we saw that we had really good return on investment rates in those um small niches, but like we couldn't we couldn't grow a the fluster to um to to receive a lot of revenues. Um but we saw that it that it basically works. We had I think the highest were return on investments um of like 10, so 10 euros out of one euro of investment. So that was really nice. Um and then we saw um yeah we that we could try to grow that that we could find try to find other influencers um maybe that were not as niche but which also had a good brand fit which had like many followers in the dach region which who had um yeah, high engagement rates and um like a very cool community basically and also to find people that are not just influencing because i don't know they're pretty girls, but also because um, they have some content and they have some mm-hmm. stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we figured that out quite well. We found our first um, people to work with. Um, we started paying them a little, and then we grew to, I don't know, influencers with 20K followers, 30K followers, 40K followers. Um, and that worked out quite well. Then um, after a while, I think in March, April, we had an Excel spreadsheet of I think 1,000 influencers. Um, that's where basically one, one changing point came. We saw that we, we couldn't really handle those influencers and that's when we implemented our first um, CRM tool, customer relationship management tool um, with Pipedrive, um, where we imported our Excel sheets and also used um, some sources to get even more influencers. So currently, we have, I think, more than 5,000 um, influencers in our Excel spreadsheet, um, uh, in our PipeDrive um, CRM sheet, and this is growing day by day. Um, and we started to contact all of those influencers. Um, so, oftentimes, we have, uh, yeah, so I have four interns, four, in- four interns who are sitting back like, in the room next to me, um, who are basically all day long just um, Chatting with those influencers, they all received an email address um, that looks like mine. So it's moritz at de, at hanfgeflüster.de, uh, um, so that the influencers feel cared about um, because they are texting, um, yeah, mailing uh, with the founder. Which we are, they are not sorry to say. Um, so that's <laughs> what hopefully they're, they're not doing. listening. Hopefully they're not, not. listening. <laughs> 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 we like, probably they're not, this whole probably time. They're not <laughs> probably not listening. And then they're scheduling, me, they're scheduling calls for me. So I'm currently having 15 calls per day with influencers, um, to whom I text, who to whom I always give the same pitch, um, and then I try to um, yeah, make them post we are sending them products, they are posting for us. um, And uh, so basically for us, it's just a numbers game. We're trying to get more and more influencers who who we then try to close for a longer term so that it's basically only adding up. Uh Wow, amazing. You know, and that's, that's, first of all, thanks for sharing that and I
0: think um, you know, so funny, we just brought on a new client today, and he was talking about that, you know, when we tried influencers and we didn't see an ROI. And I'm like, listen, we don't have, we have a lot of different techniques we can use. We don't have to use influencers. But then I started asking him, you know, what kind of influencers were they? What kind of engagement do they have? Right? What kind of following do they have? What is their message? You know, what, what are they doing? And at the end, I'm like, you know, of course you're not going to have results with that. You know, look at how you did it, right? You systemized it, right? First and foremost, you found people that, uh, had something to say, that they were micro-influencers, right? That they, um, you know, they have a strong following. People who, who really are into what they have to say, you know, they're, they're really niched down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and from there, you're able to grow it, right? To a place now where you have, uh, you have to manage with the CRM and you have to have interns in there talking to people. Um, and like you said, you know, it's, it's about numbers. Um, but, that's, but the point is that you create systems to do it. You create SOPs, you know, standard operating procedures to do it on how to contact them, how to find the influencers, how to contact them, how to keep them going, how to keep them motivated, how to speak to them every day, all that fun stuff that, you know, takes up a lot of time in and of itself, you know, but, but it's the way it works, you know? So when people say, well, I tried this and it didn't work, that's like somebody coming to them and saying, well, I tried CBD and it didn't work. Okay. So at least you tried it, but where'd you get it? You know, what kind of CBD was it? You know, do they have COAs? You know, what what company what company was it? You know, how many milligrams do you take? There's so many different factors that go into it. You know, it's the same thing with influencer marketing, right? There's a lot of factors where people think, oh yeah, you know, we're just gonna pay somebody. They got they got you know 40,000 followers. We're just gonna pay them. You know, and like you said, people would, you know, and uh, there's people from everything, right? But, you know, maybe they just want to see them uh, traveling or they want to see them yeah. uh, in a bikini or they want to see them working on their car or something like this and they have no interest whatsoever in CBD or wellness or sleep or anxiety or anything else, right, that people are exactly. looking at CBD for, you know? So but honestly, it's, oftentimes,
1: oftentimes it's not easy to find those people. Um, so what we tried in the beginning, we tried the shotgun technique, I guess. We tried to just target every influencer who had like a lot of followers in Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and who who did have a, a cool engagement rate. And then we started to not differentiate between between any niches. And um, so we just tried everything out. And basically what we saw is that there are niches that uh, we would not have thought that would perform, that are performing quite well. Yeah. Um, and so, so that was really interesting to see, really interesting to see. And also there are other things where we thought, okay, that's gonna be really cool because CBD for those people is like perfect who are not performing at all. So it's, yeah. So I think that, that's how you gotta do it as well. As you said, you have to standardize processes and so on, but also you have to have an open mind and see what works and what doesn't. It happens all the time, man. You know, you think that your, your market
0: is something, you think your demographic is something. And, you know, people, everybody wants to be everybody, everybody, you know, and, and we hear that a lot, right? Like, you know, we want, we want our demographic to be everybody because everybody can, can, can benefit from CBD. I'm like, that's great. And yes, that's true. But how are you going to sell products? Right. Yeah. There's gotta be a message that you're telling. There's gotta be somebody that you're, that you're that you're talking to, that you're targeting, that you're telling them their problems, you know? And that's the main thing is like, like you were saying, you know, it's really a matter of sometimes listening to your, to your customers. I mean, first and foremost, right? You may think it's one thing. You know, you may think your target demographic is people who have anxiety or can't sleep. And then you come to find out, oh, there are people who, uh, you know, that um, are that single moms or, you know, every, anything else. Or there are people who just got home from the bar and they want to, you know, they, they don't want to, uh, they want to be able to sleep well and all kinds of different things. So there are so many different aspects that go into it that people don't take into consideration you know it's so important now how did you learn this i mean this is great right this is this is what we do and this is this is all we do right but is this something that you learned in school or uh, is this something you're taught or how how do you systemize this so well you know i think a lot of people they uh think that you can just learn it on the fly um or anything like that i mean t- tell me about your process
1: i guess we we're, we're not perfect yet i mean there's there's a lot to do the market is bigger the market is really big so we need to um standardize way more things and have to improve in many more things um i didn't learn any of that in in business school i guess i think maybe i think in business schools you you do you do not really learn too much um (laughs) you basically learn maybe you learn how to work and maybe you learn how to think but you're not really learning anything besides maybe some kind of financial um financial kpis and other kpis um but i think we learned it. By the job. And also we had some cool mentors who were helping us um, who told us at that point, okay, guys, maybe the Excel sheet is not doing it anymore. Maybe you should get a CRM tool. I to like four months ago, I think I've never even heard I've never even heard of a CRM CIM tool. Um, so, but now um, I think it's like the biggest help I could ever wish for. Um, yeah. So we I think we, we tried to scale everything to that point where it's getting really difficult to handle it um, like on a manual basis. And then we try to find a solution um, that we can make it work um, so that it works even better.
0: 100%. You know, funny you mentioned Pipedrive. We love Pipedrive. You know what I mean? I mean, if it weren't for this, I have ADHD. If it weren't for Pipedrive and yeah. you know, Calendly and Google Calendars and these kind of things that keep keep my brain in order and keep things organized, you know, I don't know where we would be, you know what I mean? So it's so important. Uh, to have those systems, to have those tools, uh, to invest in, to invest in yourself. You know, you invest. You expect your your customers to invest in themselves, right? By by buying your products, by that you know that your CD is working, and you know they're going to have a better life because of it. So why don't we want to invest in ourselves? You know, in that kind of way. You know, so uh, so yeah, I love that, and uh, I love that. You know, like you said, mentorship, man. You know, mentorship is so important. Mentorship. You know, we don't have all the answers all the times, right? You know, yeah. of course, we have experience, you know, and we can have more experience. And sometimes we don't have any experience in a certain way. But, you know, it's so important to have somebody close to you that you can reach out to. You can say, you know what, man, I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on right now. Can you help me out with this? Or do you have any experience with this? Or have you heard anybody who's had this kind of issue? And they can come back and say, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, actually, I, had a, I, was, a, I was an angel for, for another company that they had this issue. And this is how we solved that. You know, so it's so important to have those mentors who've been there before and who've done it. Um, you know, it saves you
1: a lot of time and stress oh yeah exactly. for
0: sure and t- time stress money you know and uh, you know beat your head against the wall for you know two months when you could have had it solved a long time ago if you just would have picked the phone and asked somebody
1: yeah you know yeah. I think that, that's also one thing that I learned um, through that journey already mentorship is such a cool thing uh, from now on I'm also going to try to always be like a nice person to others so first of all so that they mentor me and also um as soon as soon as we're ready for that i'll also try to mentor as many things as possible because it's like such a such a good and nice thing to do oh yeah 100
0: percent. you know being there for others you know i wouldn't be anywhere if it weren't for my mentors for my coaches for people who have supported me you know for my dad you know who's my first obviously business mentor you know and his entrepreneurship all the way up to to many people that i'm grateful to be connected with now you know so the same thing like you said giving back you know it's not just about taking it's not about like being able to pick up the phone it's also about being able to get on the phone with somebody else you know getting on a zoom call with somebody else and, you know yeah. and obviously you know time is limited so you know you have 15 minutes who you got 15 minutes you know hear what's going on with them and and offer feedback you know and check back in with yeah. them and say hey do you able to implement this how'd it go you know what i mean and that's another thing is accountability not just like getting advice but also being held accountable right if you now go back to your mentor and he's saying, "Hey, so how's that CRM going?" And you're like, "Oh shit! Well, I didn't do it. Well, okay. No wonder you're stuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes you it makes you um, you know accountability is so important in business for sure.
1: I think um, especially also in our industry, which is still um, as at least at least in Germany not as big. I guess in the US it's a different thing with um, many billion companies players. Um, but especially in, in like smaller markets, also Israel, I guess." Um, but Germany, Austria, etc. Um, it's like really not a compa. It shouldn't really be too much of a competitive market. Of course, I want to um, overgrow my competitors, but uh, I mean the market is growing so much that it's um, rather rather easy to grow with the market. Um, so that you should rather yeah help help each other and uh, yeah not try to demoralize um, also your competitors. Yeah. Um, Which are actually also helping you to open the market. So, um, I think it's like a really cool market for that, also for that mentorship thing that you started talking about. Oh, for sure. You know,
0: and that, you know, people, I think, shy away from competition. Everybody kind of wants to be the whole thing, or they think that, oh, well, there's no. You know, the market's already flooded, and that's not the case in Germany, but that's definitely the case in the US, and, oh, there's too many people in it, and they don't understand that people come in and out of the game, that people put their own food in their mouth, that people give products that isn't so good, that people need someone to fill a different niche. It needs people to fill something, another need. You know, that's why it's so important to listen to that. And that's something else I wanted to ask you about. You know, talking about influencer marketing and, you know, talking mm-hmm. about, you know, it seems like you open up Instagram and you're going to have people hawking all kinds of stuff, you know, I mean, obviously the, uh, what's the funny, uh, you know, the, the stereotypical one is, you know, the Instagram model hawking fit tea. you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But, um,
0: but you know, it, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, like you were saying, there are less influencers in Germany and there's a bigger market opportunity in CBD. Aren't so many people doing this yet. How much do you, do you think that played into as a role as well? Or do you think a lot of it was to the fact that you guys really systemized it and found the right people to, to work and you, and, yeah. you, and you adjusted it?
1: Well, so we, we also already have loads of competition. There's many, many, many tiny online shops, e-commerce shops uh, starting selling CBD products. Um, I think that what made us, I don't wanna say succeed because we didn't succeed yet. We're not where we want to be. Um, oh. But what, what makes um, the concept work was basically the systemization of um, of the one thing that we found that did work. So there's also many other projects that we're planning for the next few months. Um, let's see if those are also gonna work out. And if they're gonna work out, then we'll also try to systemize them. And um, I think that's the only way that, that you can use to to reach like a, like a cool audience. First of all, you gotta try something out, but you also gotta focus on that thing. Um, and if you see that focus played out well and it works, that you try to systemize it and grow it, and then um, once once this thing works, the first thing that works, then you will try to find your next um, your next project that can bring you some um, yeah some nice um, growth rates.
0: Amazing, no, definitely, definitely, I love it, man. You know, like you said, there's always going to be there. You know, it's it's uh, you know. Germany is a lot smaller than, than America is just in terms of populace in terms of square area and everything. So, you know, people may think, Oh, well, you know, look at all the companies we have in the U S but yeah, look at the, look at the amount of people that you can serve. You know, I mean, yeah. I know that we've been able you know, our clients are, are killing it. People who started, who've been in it for three years and people who are just starting off, you know? So um, people I think talk themselves out of it a lot of times and, and we're our own worst enemies in the business, right? A lot of times we, we're the ones who are, you know, people can doubt themselves and all that kind of stuff. So, I love that you realize that, that you realize that, you know, competition is going to be there and competition is going to actually help us. You know, maybe somebody's yeah. going to try someone else's stuff and be like, ah, oh, it wasn't so good. Let me try this one. And then they're going to try and be like, oh, man, this is the good stuff. You know, so, and then they're going to, you know, and then from there it grows. So, that's a great outlook to have. Now, what's kind of the biggest obstacle uh, that Han has faced they, and how have you been able to overcome it?
1: So there's many obstacles, I guess, like for Hanfke Flöster, one obstacle in the beginning was to not have the opportunity to market through Facebook, Google, etc., to not have payment providers like PayPal, because they're not dealing with you, um, to have to go through um, very shady sources um, to get uh, payment providers to accept credit cards and um, stuff like that, what all companies face, I guess um then um one thing is definitely the cash flow especially if you're trying to oh, yeah, grow and we, we already found a nice niche um and now i think we ha- we found some opportunities um to um to improve our cash flow um through credit card payments which are in germany also hard to undertake you cannot really pay your supplier with um that through ca- credit card um so there was another thing mm-hmm. So for Hanfgenflöster, I think the biggest obstacle was um, get also to get good products, to get a high quality product. Um, we tried three different suppliers. Um, now we found a fourth one, which is really, really good and uh, with whom we are happy to, to deal with. He has fair prices, he has like very cool products. We can track um, the, the sources of our hemp back to the field basically. Um, mm. They're also sitting in Berlin. Um, so we're very close to them. We can always drive by, um, take some nice photos for our website, for our online shop. Um, so so I think that was one major obstacle as well because um, you couldn't really, it was difficult to find a cool supplier. Um, but I think the biggest obstacle for the company in general, NXT Pharma, um, is the license to be a narcotics trader. Yeah. So Niklas is already for for the past eight months, um, he did so much, he put so much work in it to receive that, um, to receive that, um, yeah, authentication, uh, yeah, to, to be allowed to trade with narcotics. We're also having one ex-director of uh, the pharma company, Pfizer, in our team, and he's helping a lot as well. But it's just insane how much work it requires to receive that license. But yeah, luckily, probably in a few weeks we'll have it. Um, But I think that was the biggest obstacle so far, that something takes so long, doesn't bring you any revenue at all in the beginning, and and which takes so long until you see um, the first results. So I think that's the, the biggest thing, especially as a young entrepreneur. I think this, so basically this is the first business that we're starting. It's really difficult to not see any revenues for eight months and months to come as well. Yeah, I mean
0: that's that's the whole thing. I mean, you talk about cash flow, right? I mean, cash flow. I think uh, over eighty percent of businesses fail not because they have they don't have a good product or they don't have a good business model or they don't have everything. It's because of cash flow. You know what I mean? And cash yeah. flow is cash flow is king. You know. So um, I mean, that's that's been I'm sure very difficult. You know, like you said, young entrepreneur. Um, you know, both of you and kind of jumping in feet first into one of the hardest industries. You know, not to say the hardest, but you know, uh, when you're Talking about that, your product is on the same level as any basic narcotics, and um, you know you're not sure when it's going to be legalized and stuff like this. I mean, that has got to be uh, definitely very, um, you know, very difficult to deal with, no doubt about it. So, I guess, what is the future hold for NXT Pharma? Um, what can we expect from NXT Pharma in the future?
1: So, um, you can expect by the end of the year we'll um, start trading with medical cannabis in germany um also hanfgeflüster is probably going to grow um at least that's what i hope but also that's um, how everything looks currently um and our long term goal basically which we have to yeah which is going to take ages i guess or probably many years but the final goal would be in the end um to receive uh, yeah so that cannabis is legalized in germany and then that we have the experience to trade with medical cannabis and also build up a brand that is associated with cannabis to then combine that. So that's, that would be the jackpot, but let's see how that's going to work out. Um, but in the meantime, I think we can grow um, with the medical cannabis market. Um, also in Germany, um, and many products um, besides the weeds to smoke um, are not really... Are not really renowned also by doctors so i think we will have some uh, cool products in that market as well to differentiate ourselves and um i think we're also building up a really cool really great brand um based on sustainability um with hanfke fluster and um yeah i think then the growing market itself is also helping us a lot and um i think nxt farm and hanfke fluster is heading in the right way and twenty twenty one will be a very cool year, I think.
0: Amazing. No, definitely. And I think you're just getting just getting started, you know. Hopefully it's uh, still growing. Of course, man. You know, just getting started. I love what you guys got going on, you know, it's uh leaders in the industry over there, young entrepreneurs, you know. I really love uh, you know, always connecting with young entrepreneurs and bring awareness to that, you know, because um, you know, entrepreneurship in general is so difficult, you know, running a business is so general so difficult just in and of itself. Um, so, yep. you know, being, being there, kind of having your first go around, and, um, you know, it's definitely important to, to support young entrepreneurs, um, the future of business, and it'll be there for you as well, you know. So, so it's great, bro. Now, you know, you mentioned about success and we're not there yet and that kind of stuff. I always ask everybody that comes on the show, you know, how do you even define success, right? Whether it's professionally, personally, existentially, what does success look like for you?
1: Yeah, that's a tough question, honestly. Um, it's nothing I think about on a daily basis. Um, so currently, to me, success is um, pretty much the company, Hanfke LXT and NXT Pharma. Um, I'm not having too much of a private life, although Berlin is such a great city. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, now, but we're trying to grow uh, NXT Pharma and Hanfke Fluste, and that's basically where all my focus is on. Um, so my... Success to me would mean um, to establish Anfgeflüster and Nxt Pharma both as the top under the top three leading players by um, by the middle of next year, I guess. Um, and that would that would be a great success to me. But currently, I'm only thinking on a on a short term basis and not on a long term basis. I guess on a long term basis, basically, yeah, happiness and success. Uh, yeah, that's a different thing. than... On a long-term basis of course it's it's family love affection um happiness yeah having nice friends um yeah but currently i'm, I'm only focusing on one thing basically um yeah
0: I mean, yeah man i feel like i just brought you out you're like oh there's other stuff besides the company you know what <laughs> I mean? it's like this is all i've been doing you know which is good you know you have to yeah. be driven in that sense no doubt about it you know and i mean uh, in germany
1: currently it's um it's 9:30 PM, and um, yeah, the day has not stopped. But um, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, Hanfgenus and Nxt Pharma—that's basically the only thing I'm currently thinking about—and the CBD and cannabis market in general, which I just think is so awesome and it's such a cool market with so many opportunities.
0: No, amazing, no doubt about it. No, and uh, you know, Berlin too. You know, I personally haven't been to Berlin. Tov, my fiance, loves Berlin. She's been there a bunch of times. You know, obviously Israelis love Berlin you know, and uh, and the Germans love Israel too, you know, so I always see you guys over here as well, so.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, know, I visited Tel Aviv already, such a cool place. Yeah. So basically, we have we have one hummus guy right across our office. Um, all guys working there are from um, Tel Aviv, I think, um, but the hummus here, is even better than in israel i must hey, say hey so, hey let's not take it that far but it's such a nice city such a vibrant town with so many different cultures For sure so if you if you want to come to berlin check it out um also step by our office would be nice to meet you in person no doubt about it man no doubt about it Moritz, bro it's been
0: great dude um, you know, as we close, you know, how can listeners find out more about you, find out more about Hanfgeflüster, uh, find out more about yeah. NXC Pharma, and connect with you?
1: So they're first of all, very welcome to visit our website, ww.hampgefluster, with a I think I'll better spell it, um for Germany. Um, or they can also connect with me on LinkedIn, I guess, Moritz um, Fendt. I'm very happy to connect with everyone. Um, it would be very interesting to get in touch.
0: Definitely amazing. No, and we'll have that there in the, in the link. We'll have the links there down in the, uh, in the description here for everybody to listen to, as always. And uh, before we leave, I didn't even ask. Tell me about, I, you told me off air, but tell everybody what Hanukketh Luste even means.
1: Ah yeah Hanfgeflüster it's difficult to uh, to translate i guess but hanf is hemp and geflüster means like whispering so if you know the movie ah what's the english name again um i think i told you already before for the interview saving grace The saving grace. called saving grace in germany the movie is called grasgeflüster gras is a different word for hanf hemp so it's uh, hanfgeflüster yeah, basically derived from that movie that I really liked um, when I was a little younger.
0: Very nice, you know. And we also have the movie The Horse Whisperer, you know, back in '98, you know. So, yeah, okay. uh, and, and and then in, in America we got the Dog Whisperer, you know. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Caesar Milan, right? Caesar Milan. He's the uh, the dude who, who gets the dogs that he wants. He doesn't train dogs; he trains people, you know. And oh. um, <laughs> and then you know, so you're the Hemp Whisperer.
1: You know, you make the hemp, the hemp you good. want, you know, so it's uh, especially hey, man, we we'll try to whisper to our customers,
0: <laughs> get exactly. our hemp,
1: get our hemp. <laughs>
0: that is so, more is very good, man. Exciting to hear, dude. Great, great connecting with you and uh, great value, man, with the influencer marketing. And uh, it's been really great, dude. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, and thank you, Morris, yeah, for jumping on with us. And good luck to you in the rest of 2020 and beyond. Thanks a lot, Maynard. Thank you so much for that.
1: We at Calican are passionate about cannabis marketing, branding, and web design. If you're a cannabis entrepreneur and you know you need an uptick in business or an upgrade in the way your customers perceive you, come check us out at calican.com and schedule a time to speak with us today.
0: Thanks for listening in to Dank Discussions, and we are so grateful for each and every one of you. We want to continue making dank content you want, so give us some feedback about the topics you want covered. Feel free to reach out to us at grow at calican.com, That's C-A-L-A-C-A-N-N.com, and follow us on Instagram for our latest updates.